Good evening, everyone, or depending upon where you're at and when you receive this. Evening for me, it's about 1.45 in the morning. So, uh, tomorrow, uh, roughly around 2 p.m. on Rumble, uh, I'll uh, launch my uh, new... Uh, <clears throat> new uh casting i guess podcast i won't call it a podcast it's it's a uh show i'm gonna try to i already have a name for it so drum roll please americana one um for whatever reason that that name resonated with me and i uh, did a quick uh google search and i found that uh there's only been one podcast out there and the last broadcast of that particular podcast was in May of 2020. It was related to Nashville and uh, I think country music. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not uh, hijacking anyone's uh, current thing. It just, that's what came to my mind. So. Americana one so I hope to uh, kind of I don't know we'll see how it goes <laughs> I never thought I'd actually do a broadcast but I do have a funny story about that so that's the reason why I'm just uh, gonna talk about it so when I was in sixth grade uh, <clears throat> a social studies teacher uh, a guy named uh, James Welch kind of a quirky character but uh <clears throat> he put together a pro he wanted us to help him with a project it was about actually it was about uh learning about uh mexico and south america and that kind of deal so we were exploring history at the time you know the incas the aztecs the mayans etc and all things of that nature so sixth graders being what we were, we were tasked to uh, put together a kind of like a broadcast and uh, <laughs> like a actual episodes. So I can I can remember the names of the people that worked on it. Uh, for any of them who will ever ever listen to this broadcast, <laughs> which they won't. So Karen Default was. Uh, she read the, she was one of the news reporters. Um, New Orlandorf, Ron Kessel, and myself were uh, uh, kind of like, we helped uh, do a song with Mr. Welch called uh, Corn and Beans. <laughs> I can still remember some of the lyrics. So I'll, I'll briefly, sh uh, I'm going to briefly uh, make you very upset with my singing. It was like, uh, let's see how, uh, down in Mexico, they grow a lot of corn. In their language, they refer to it as maize. It's amazing all the maize they used to raise. And I'll end it there. <laughs> but it, <laughs> the final line of the lyric was corn and beans. I don't know. I don't remember anything else. But the fact that I even remember that little jingle <laughs> is, is saying a lot. But uh, anywho, so yeah, we uh, 
we would do research. Research then for us was probably looking at Encyclopedia Britannica and uh, <laughs> copying most of it from the uh, Britannica and uh, putting it into a script. But uh, and uh, I can't. I remember the other guy. I can't. I can picture him uh, who worked with uh, Karen. And I became, well, Ron Kessel was uh, probably, well, he was probably my first, Ron Kessel Jr. was my uh, uh, close neighbor down the street. He, uh, he lived about, I don't know, <laughs> less than less than a two-minute walk from my house. Um, we played baseball together, played catch. I'd go down to his house and uh, hang out with him. At that time, we were just getting to be, uh, get to know each other in terms of friendship. It was sixth grade. I just uh, been transplanted from uh, Tennessee and uh, moved to Northwest Indiana. I got a lot of teasing and razzing. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't a particularly stellar point in my life. But uh, and uh, Welch was wasn't like any real friend of mine <laughs> I got a lot of detentions from him that's the other thing I remember about him because uh, I talked too much he'd always give me detention so I got to do that a lot but that project was fun and uh, we became kind of I guess you could say we that we uh, were the initial uh, went viral when I mean viral okay so uh, you know how they have the parent-teacher conferences and stuff like that, and um, he would he put this to pro we put this project together, and then it was archived. But he would play it at the he would play it for several years, like for the next five years, like uh, because of the the corn and beans skit that we put together. Matter of fact, uh, Ron's hat fell off during it. Like halfway through the song, it fell backwards off his head. <laughs> it looked funny as hell. But uh, yeah, so when I was in high school or when I was like a senior or sophomore, I had kids coming up to me that I had never met before. They go, oh, you're that guy. You were in the corn and beans skit. <laughs> and everything. So yeah, that was kind of like our little little project that we did. And uh Yeah. That was my first uh, connection to, because I, I did mainly the writing and whatnot for the, the script. And we put it on like, uh, we had our own teleprompter. And uh, uh, Karen would uh, read from the, the thing. We wrote it on, uh, you know, wrote big block letters, this whole script. And uh, we had like this big roll of paper. We had our, we, we, uh, we were the production staff. And we made little... Uh, uh, little arts and crafts. There was probably about eight or ten of us all together, but those were the main, I, I say the mainstays. There were other people. There was a gal named uh, uh, Jennifer Hennef, who, uh, sad to say, she passed away uh, a number of years back. She was, uh, she was a very smart cookie. She, uh, she was uh, our salutatorian. She went on to be a nurse and and then later on, she became like a researcher at the University of uh, Illinois, Chicago. I think she actually may have been at Rush. I can't remember. She was in Chicago. And I only remember her really. I mean, we were we were friendly, but 
she was just above me in, in, in so many other ways. And, uh, but she was, uh, uh, quite the person, but, uh, yeah, that was our, uh, first experience with news and broadcasting and, uh, taping and singing and putting together a, I, I don't even know how long all that, all the tape we put together was. I think it was like, oh, it might've been about two hours altogether. Cause I think he put it on a loop or something like that. So we had these like little, you know, four to five minute spots and he cut it all together, which to his credit, that was a lot of work too. But, uh, um, yeah, that was my uh, sixth grade social studies class. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I know that's totally rando, but that was what Americana was too, by the way, that, uh, we used to, uh, enjoy ourselves while trying to illuminate history and be a part of something and, um, be respectful of other cultures, but also, uh, be able to, to have fun with those things. I think all people should be a lot more like that. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly though, it's, uh, it's not to, it's not too, uh, uh, frequent now that we all do that because, um, we have too many, too many idiots who, uh, couldn't stand that there was people that just want to be left alone, want to get, have a life, have a middle class. There's always people that have to sow resentment around the, the globe. And, uh, so, uh, uh class warfare because this is what it's devolved into, by the way, uh, because, you know, those at the top just couldn't stand it. They, they couldn't, I, I have a working hypothesis of other things that go along with all this stuff that's been going on. But one of the things is that they really couldn't stand being made fun of online. Uh, I think over time, and you hear it more and more in the pronouncements of, uh, these uh, intelligence agencies and world leaders, or I don't even like to call them leaders, they're not leaders, they're just world propagandists that happen to hold the title of minister of blah, blah, blah. They certainly seem to be very, very upset about, they, they think they're upset, they pretend to be upset about this misinformation stuff, and maybe they actually buy their own bullshit, but really what it is is they just can't stand to be criticized. And they took it very, very personally, and they're very, very hurt by it. And now they're taking it out on all the populations of the earth, along with those who have other deeper, darker, and most sinister, more sinister agendas, which is entertaining in and of itself. That uh, I say entertaining in and of itself is that these people, no matter what their title is, how much money they make, how much how much uh, gold and girls and anything else or guys, depending upon who they are and what their sex is. They're just not happy. 
you know <laughs> they just literally are not happy with the power that they have achieved because nobody gives a shit about them <laughs> and uh it's quite telling how they've uh, addressed the rest of us and see us as just this bunch of rabble uh they like to think of us as sheep <laughs> think of us as cattle to be prodded along and the fact that we have as many people they just buy into all this stuff and would think that I'm a crazy person for thinking this way when I'm not it's just so blatantly obvious I mean when uh oh by the way like uh for example this is a uh, uh, segue to uh, uh, so with the elections coming <clears throat> they're trying to position that uh, white women voters in the suburbs are the blame for whatever comes and the way they look at these people uh, the people on TV of course the ones that are going around just blaming everybody but the policy blaming anybody who who stands in the way of their just overt hatred of the populace. I mean, they have gotten so full of themselves. They're so in, in, unable to to even connect with the average person. I mean, when uh, these clowns on The View, and this, this just so happened to caught, would catch my eye, it wasn't nothing because I watched The View, but they, uh, you know, these are just... <laughs> These are just spoiled, idiotic women who get to talk, <laughs> and they get a they get a crowd full of clapping seals, and they think that they've uh, achieved something. They're not going to create anything, and I and I'll be truth be told, it's 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 hard to create stuff. It really is. It's hard to create a an idea or a concept and work it out. I know the first time I created a computer program and in a, a Visual Basic. I mean, really a computer program, and by that I mean it was a, a way to track inventory and a way to keep track of operational analysis and do all these things. And you know, very actually from from the standpoint, it's the first thing I built with very little guidance and managed to make it work. And make it work uh, through a uh, through an internet connection and just you know creating uh, tables and HTML uh, files that would constantly update based upon the input that was achieved, and do it with just three spreadsheets on three different computers in three different locations, and send it all to a, a centralization central hub, and and made it flexible enough to where. I could relocate where it sends it to or uh, have it email and do all kinds of other neat little tricks which you know it it only took me let's see altogether about four months of learning how to code it and uh, adding in like little uh, modules I mean it all together had an inventory module had a production and a tracking module individual to every cell and uh, a way to create uh, you know um, almost, I really like a Kanban because it could print out the, the cards and you would put it on the 
pallets and and do all this other kind of stuff and and i'm only telling you this about this is because what i'm saying is it's very difficult to to take the particulars of something and then break down the problem uh create all the little what ifs and uh logic to go along with it put time stamps on everything have a updatable time stamp uh be able to put in uh, scrap tickets uh a value have a, a running valuation of the inventory that's up to date based upon that you know i mean these are just like little segments but once you have to uh align and achieve that and and make sure it doesn't interfere with things it took a little bit but the fact that i and i started it and it was uh, at the end of my last uh industrial engineering project it just what i'm saying is is anything you have to put a substantial amount of creativity into is going to take more than just five minutes and uh so i i mean i guess for masters like in artistry and music i mean it's interesting when uh people like uh you know are taught certain ways they can they they can magically put that together and people are very impressed by that songwriting and and whatnot but it's just a it just becomes natural to them or a muscle like a muscle just like coding is to certain people who are just fantastic one of my biggest drawbacks on that is just it's not the coding you have to save your little snippets and know how to insert them and and uh, change things here and there. You just have to know how to build to, uh, build modules and building blocks. But other than that, I'm a t I, <laughs> I, I can't type for shit. So it takes a lot. And why I'm segueing all the way around this is just that uh, the creativity of America, you know, and the people that have been involved in it for since its very outset has has required that you have to have a sense of humor about yourself, a humility that certainly doesn't exist in anybody who's, uh, quote, running anything in this country uh, in many respects. They, the lack of ability to, to admit to being wrong about anything is indicative. And in any time you watch, a, uh, watch these people testify, they won't admit wrongdoing. They won't admit they're wrong about anything. They say they do everything they can to disassemble and lie about something. Um, that hasn't always been the case. As a matter of fact, some of the people who've uh, been the most, uh, I guess, effective, have been willing to say, "Yes, I'm I'm responsible for that. If I could have done it better, I would have." And, and and been able to assess their their culpability but also provide what they would have done if they would have known certain things at the time but willing to take the blame for it and most people if you're honest enough about that stuff will uh forgive or certainly uh, lot you another shot at rectifying that and leadership is hard to that's what leadership is probably is the most being the most responsible and having the ability to laugh at yourself and know when you've you've stumbled or made a mistake 
and uh, and take on that role. And even Americans could do that going back a long time. There's always been bad leaders. There's always been people who didn't have the best interest of of the people at heart, but there's always also there for for a long time there was still enough of a balance of people who were seeking to do right, not just by this country that I'm in, but the world at large. And there's always been bad people in the world. People that have gotten away with doing it nightly. One of the biggest problems is that there's been so much misery misery, and people that haven't been willing to stand up for to the tyrants, to the psychopaths, to the, the people around the world. Um, and man, this time is going to have to be different. That phrase is going to means have to mean something different now. <laughs> this time has to be different um, because what they're what's what these malevolent forces are doing is not to be laughed at. Except you know, in times when we we have to have the you know. The way, the way to laugh through the tears. One of the best people I've uh, met along this journey has always a, a humorous uh, take on things and uh, um, appreciates good humor. There are, time, there are times when <laughs> I wish I, I had better jokes to provide for him. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's a great... Uh, He's a great guy in terms of uh, getting me to laugh at things because I haven't been in the best place the last, uh, I don't know, probably the last eight months, eight to 12 months. I'm by a great place, I mean. I've had my uh, uh, health not be what I want it to be, and that's my fault. I'm taking taking the blame for that. There are certain things I, I don't know why they're happening, but they've happened. Uh, nerve issues have definitely been part of it. And I have, uh, I have tried to take some different uh, um, supplements. And it comes and goes. I just recently had a bout of this. Um, strong enough that it really it really caused me a great deal of agony <laughs> but and it also got me to thinking that I can't uh, go back to certain um, jobs because right now I'm physically if I try to do it I'll, I don't know if I won't hurt myself in a way that's more permanent so uh, that being said, I gotta double down and invest in uh, something I'm maybe more suited for at this point in my life. I think all of us are going to have to come up with some coping strategies and uh, make do with what we can control and uh, can do instead of trying to force ourselves into something we can't do anymore and are going to be hard pressed to. Uh, to succeed at
So, I'm going to make the best of uh, trying to move forward with a uh, media, uh, but like I said, we'll end it here. This isn't going to be, I'm going to try to make it uh, insightful or certainly analytic analytics driven <laughs> uh, information uh, not just a review of news stories but uh, might take me a little bit to catch my stride that's one reason why I'm doing the election because there'll be lots of numbers there'll be lots of uh, maps and I gotta get those set up that night so that uh, I can provide a good broadcast even if it's just uh <laughs> even if it's just uh me and a couple other people that'll be that'll be good enough and a lot of it also by the way i'm going to try to have uh multiple screens set up for other people who may be discussing and talking about this so it won't be just me droning on i'm going to try to make it a uh a live stream that's at least uh well suited for what we're looking at because this is the this may be a very um long election cycle but uh because that's what they're trying to plan so that's actually what i'm going to go over a little bit tomorrow is the 2020 game plan that they had for uh the agenda regarding uh they call it the transition integrity project but they've uh they laid the foundation in that of how they were going to uh how they were going to create enough problems for anybody who might want actual results in a quick manner in other words they are attempting and and they want to lay the they've been laying the groundwork exactly the same way uh in some of the media outlets that are currently hot out there when i say hot uh hot to uh to uh undermine u.s election confidence they're the ones in undermining it it's not the people common people just want they just want someone to focus on their problems which is jobs the economy uh their their paychecks their their retirement and their opportunities to get good, uh, uh, good education. Believe it or not, most people just want the they want the access, the capability to become more successful in their life. The majority. There's always the handful or the the, sl the slimmest, per say, ten percent of a population who are just looking for a free ride. But when you get right down to it, most people are just looking. They're looking for the capability to uh, achieve their uh, as much success and usually for the least amount of work. They want to find something that fits what they really want to do. And uh, a lot of us are probably unhappy due to the fact that we're trying to uh, do something that probably doesn't even resonate with us. I mean, we all have to make money, but uh, it has to be something that you feel like you uh, is yours there's reasons why people do <laughs> certain things and we should probably respect them and when they can 
do it well enough and do it in such a way that it involves craftsmanship. Uh, but a lot of the problem is, is the media has also put people, or not only put people down, but also uh, steered people towards the wrong, uh, wrong abilities. Uh, store, uh, steer, steers them towards a quick uh, uh, self, would you say, self-gratification instead of uh, long-term uh, enduring success. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, I will see you tomorrow at, uh, or today, <laughs> at uh, 2 p.m. And we'll go from there.